If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improved jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. It was a cold early morning and I was driving to work at 4 a.m. I'd always preferred taking the back roads, even if it meant waking up a bit earlier. There was something calming about the quiet countryside as I navigated the twists and turns far from the noise and chaos of the city. As I drove into a small valley, I noticed a thin layer of fog enveloping the landscape, lending an ethereal quality to the scene. My headlights pierced through the mist, revealing the road ahead. I continued driving alert and focused until something unusual caught my eye. Suddenly, the fog right in front of me seemed to take on a peculiar shape. It appeared to form the figure of a teenager wearing a hoodie, his hands tucked into his pockets and his back to me. The sight was so unexpected and eerie that it sent a shiver down my spine. In the blink of an eye, the ghostly apparition seemed to flow over my car as I drove through it. It all happened so quickly that I didn't even have time to break. I just screamed, my heart pounding in my chest. I continued driving, my nerves rattled by the bizarre encounter. Now, I don't believe in ghosts, and I know it was probably just a freak shape in the fog, but it was enough to leave me shaken for the rest of my drive to work. As the sun began to rise and the fog dissipated, I couldn't help but replay the incident in my mind, questioning what I had seen. Though I knew it was most likely just an odd formation in the mist, the experience left me with a lingering sense of unease. Now, 
Whenever I drive through foggy back roads, I can't help but keep an eye out for any ghostly shapes lurking in the mist. And though I still don't believe in ghosts, that chilling morning encounter has forever changed the way I perceive the world around me. The date is July 14, 2018, two days after my birthday. At the time, I and my girlfriend were living with my parents in their old, old two-story brick house. Our room was upstairs. It was around 10 or 11 p.m. at night, and I and my girlfriend are laying in bed. Nothing out of the ordinary was going on, just a typical night, just chilling out in bed. First of all, let me mention I'm a grown man. Yes, still live at my mom's house, but still a grown man. I don't get scared easily. I'm not afraid of the dark or the boogeyman, but this night is going to test my scaredness. I never even imagined in a million years something like this would ever happen. It was the furthest thing from my mind. We were lying in bed, and my girlfriend had to go downstairs to use the bathroom or something. Mind you, the bedroom light is on. I'm lying in bed. The TV is on. Haven't watched it at all that day. But all of a sudden, this is how I'm going to describe it as close as I can. Well, all of a sudden, it feels like my bed is almost shaking or vibrating, in a sense, me not understanding what is happening. I start looking around, but... As soon as I turn my head to the right, I can see plain as day a silhouette, a human shape. But this human shape figure you could see straight through. It kind of looked like heat waves, but in the distinct shape of a human. No mistake about it. Okay. Let me pause and do a recap. I came to realize that the bed shaking or vibrating was actually me trembling out of the fear way before I even saw anything. It's like my gut feeling was in tune, trying to warn me. Back to me, seeing the human shape see through figure. I was just stuck in a stare or gaze of awe when suddenly I watched it walk to the foot of the bed, all the way right to my side of the bed, and in a split second my conscience said, Get the F up now and run. So I jumped up and I swear I don't even remember walking down the stairs. I was gone that fast. Now, mind you, my mom, my dad, my sister, and my girlfriend are all right there in the dining room when I bolt through the downstairs door. They looked at me and said, what's wrong? You are as pale as a ghost. I kind of didn't want to say anything to them because, let's be honest, what if I told you that I saw a clear person? How the hell are you going to react? But this is the weird part. We don't mention this to anyone. About a week later, give or take, my niece comes over. She is ten at the time and likes riding the four-wheeler trike. So she rides it for a little bit shorter than her usual ride, and she comes in, and she is pale as a ghost, and we ask her what is wrong. What happened? She says, please don't think I'm stupid, but I saw an invisible person chasing me on the four-wheelers. It had a grown-up body, but it was invisible. It didn't have any facial features. All you could see was just the shape or outline of a human, like body. I instantly got chills over my body. Well, I told her I knew exactly what she had seen because I had a similar experience a week before. I told her, you're not crazy. It is real. I don't know what it is, but I saw it too. I have one more encounter with the same invisible shape being four years later. I want to say the same one, but definitely the same invisible shape entity. I grew up on a small property in regional Australia. 
We lived about three, four kilometers out of town, so not super far, but also far enough that we'd never really get disturbed. On top of that, we were on a dead-end street, down the end of another street, off of the main road, so not once have I ever seen a pedestrian near my house. Anyway, one night, when I was about twelve, I was watching TV when two of my brothers came downstairs and said, Did you hear that? I was pretty glued to the TV, so didn't hear a thing, but apparently they heard footsteps outside and a couple of hushed voices. Seeing as how my brothers were both around twenty and both big rugby-playing dudes, their plan was for me to wait inside while they ran outside and tackled anybody they could find before calling the cops. So they both sprinted out the front door at the same time, splitting in different directions to wrap around the house and meet again on the other side, presumably each with a criminal wrapped in a headlock under their arm. If you've ever seen that movie Signs where Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix run around the house, basically just picture that. Anyway, they never found them. Swear to this day that they heard voices, but nobody was ever seen. Our property has a lot of thick bushland right up to the house, so all we can think is that when my brothers came out, these guys just dissolved back into the bush and watched. Then, probably just took off once the coast was clear again. The whole thing scared the hell out of me. It was early October in 2018 and we had just moved to the area almost a year ago. It's a small house in a one-off called Desac. The closest thing to civilization is a church across the street, and everything else is roads, neighborhoods, or woods. There's a healthy amount of trees in between the neighborhoods, giving a nice sense of privacy. Out of all the eight or so houses on this street, only our house had access to the woods surrounding the street. My mother was ecstatic about the house, and she always enjoyed the woods. I always got a creepy feeling from them, but figured it was just my anxiety. At the time, I was grounded due to some poor grades, which left me bored most of the time. I figured that since I'd seen a ton of deer through our back window, I'd go exploring a little bit and see if there was anything interesting. The woods aren't terribly dense directly behind us, but definitely got a lot more so if you went further in. I explored a while, finding a few deer bones and skulls. They even had the antlers attached. I thought it was really cool. A whole car. Albeit missing the wheels and guts, and a lot of trash. I got an old plastic container and started collecting the things I found interesting and kept it in the back of the old car. I did this for about a week, gathering about three skulls, a handful of bones, some glass bottles, and a few other things I can't remember at the moment. Over the weekend, I didn't end up going out, as it was stormy. The following week, I want to say Wednesday after the ground dried up, I ventured back out. I went to the car to refresh my memory on how many things I had collected, and the deer skulls and bones were gone. I was confused and assumed some animal picked them up and trotted off with them, so I went about looking around for them or new things to collect. As I looked around, I noticed the antlers of a deer skull deeper into the woods. I don't normally go back there, especially since it's technically part of our neighbor's property, but I figured I could just pop over and grab it. As I picked up the skull, I noticed a bone a few feet away sticking out of the leaves. I figured I might as well grab it too. So I picked it up too. 
As it picked it up, I quickly realized it had a bit of blood and sinew on it, which was alarming, to say the least. I quickly dropped it, wiped my hands on my jeans, and walked away, leaving what I assumed to be the buzzard's meal alone. As I approached the car, skull in hand, I noticed something moving in the trees a little beyond it. I froze, assuming it's an animal, not wanting to spook whatever it is. I get scan the area and see what I now would call a crawler. A little past the car, eyes trained on me, near, white skin, skinny to the point I swear I could see its ribs. Naked, hunched over, almost full black eyes, the whole nine yards. As soon as I make eye contact with it, it runs off before I can really react. After that, I went inside and uh, honestly don't go into the woods back there anymore. Not to mention someone bought the extra property back there and decided to build a house there. That critter is their problem now. Recently, after seeing a string of similar encounters, including this one that my father directed me to, reminded me of the incident and I uh, figured that I would investigate it a little more. I couldn't find anything on Reddit besides someone telling me it's fake. For context, we've lived in this house since 2017, and while I've heard the odd animal noise, I haven't seen any evidence of the thing since. Along with this, I haven't gone anywhere near that old car since, let alone the woods themselves. I've only heard of the odd encounter from some of the farm folks I talked to, and from online posts from the surrounding area states. I haven't witnessed much else that would be considered super unnatural, and I don't really automatically believe anything talking about supernatural things unless there's evidence. But this seems at least somewhat solid. Overall, I don't know what to think about all this. What do y'all think? I grew up living in the countryside in Scotland. My village was small and surrounded for miles with fields and farmhouses. I definitely wouldn't say it was as rural or secluded as the highlands, but there were miles and miles that just felt uninhabited. Seen my fair share of creepy things in the woods, I would frequently wander through with friends or by myself. I would regularly camp in the woods with small groups of friends and a good few times by myself. One night, I got home from high school and realized I had forgot my keys and got locked out, resulting in me having to wait from 5 p.m. to around midnight when my dad finished work and could stop by to let me in. I could have gone around to a friend's house, but adventure was calling, and I had a stash of beers in my garden at the time, so figured a walk and a few beers would kill the time nicely. The initial walk was fine, and I made my way out to the woods and circled around the village a few miles out. There were no issues aside from not wearing boots, and it was a good walk, especially with beer. I was heading back about 11 p.m. and was nearing the village, maybe about a mile or so to go. At one point, the route I was following back split in two. One route took me along a river, and the other went to the left of the river and rose into about a 50-foot ridge. I opted for the latter to try and catch the last glimpses of the sunset. I'll admit at this point I was getting a little tired, very hungry and quite tipsy, but I definitely wasn't drunk, and there was absolutely no way I could be drunk enough to hallucinate. As I got to the top of the ridge, I noticed what I assumed was the last pieces of sunlight reflecting off the river through the trees. As I got further along the ridge, I noticed that the reflections were actually candles. 
and then noticed the candles were being carried by what I can only describe as figures in black, KKK-style robes. I froze in a half-crouch looking right down at them, and the woods were silent. After a few seconds of trying to process what I'm looking at, the figures stopped walking and just turned their freaking heads right at me. I stood there for probably a few seconds, but it felt like an hour. I couldn't make out any faces, just the outlines of their robes, but they definitely looked human. All various heights and weights. After this brief standoff, I just bolted along the ridge to a hedgerow and just launched myself over through it, fueled by a few beers and sheer adrenaline, not looking back once. I have no idea what would have happened if I opted for the other route, as it would have put me right in front of the bizarre procession. I had only ever heard of one other story about cloaked figures wandering through those woods and never found out who or what it was all about. There are two churches that back onto some fields in the direction I had this encounter, and given how close they were to the village, I guess they must have been locals. One of the churches is very secretive, with fences surrounding their compound, CCTV, security, and the odd fact that none of the members actually reside in the village. Back in the early 90s, my dad was fishing with some buddies, somewhere in Maryland, I think, on his friend's small fishing boat. It was another one of their overnight trips, something he did a lot after my parents divorced. This one night, dad and another friend, there were about four of them, were on lookout for ships that might run down their little wooden boat. Dad said it was so dark you couldn't see your hand in front of your face, making it easy to spot even the smallest light source on the water. After a while, Dad noticed a big green light off in the distance. At first, he thought it was a school of bioluminescent critters, or maybe even another boat. But as it got closer, realized something was just very off about it. The light was underwater and in a perfect circle. He's no marine biologist, but my dad knows his shit about marine life. He knows about bioluminescent critters. He used to spend a lot of time telling me about them when I was a kid. Whatever this was, it was not a school of bioluminescent critters. The light went right under the boat and stopped for a few seconds as if it was studying it, then went on its way. It lit up the entire boat with the brightest green light Dad had ever seen, so bright that he could see every detail on his friend's horrified face. He says he guessed it was around 300 feet in diameter. My dad's a big believer in alien life and government cover-ups, and, and I think this encounter is what really sparked his interest. He says if it wasn't an alien craft, it was probably some kind of secret government craft. The only other encounter I've ever found online like it was this one in California. Now, I live in a house up next to the Devil's Backbone near Loveland, Colorado. The area around our house is just urban enough for us to have a house there and about three neighbors, but wild enough for a herd of about 40 elk to come marching through our yard during migration. One night in 2002, I was watching TV with my parents. My mom went to take one of our dogs out. They went out and came back a few minutes later. My mom came back and told my dad, and me that there was something out there. This is, according to her, what happened. She went out to the dog pen with the dog. 
Just from experience, I know that the outside lights on that part of the house only illuminate the driveway and half of the dog pen. The dog began sniffing about for a place to do its business and went over to the darker end of the pen. There was just enough light reaching that end to see the dog going up against the fence. I don't remember exactly, but at some point, while she was in the shadows, my mom said she heard a loud, terrifying feline growl come from that end of the pen. The dog, of course, bolted immediately for the light at the opposite end of the pen. It was scared out of her wits. Thus, my mom was convinced that the time was right to return to the house. I thought about this for some time. The only non-cryptid animals in the area capable of producing anything like this noise were foxes and raccoons. There were no mountain lions in the area at the time. But from my mom's description of the sound, it would have to have been a larger creature. Also, the dog that was involved has a reputation for being able to detect foxes easily, and there hadn't been any raccoon sightings, at least in our neighborhood, for years. This, however, is about as far as I got before I moved on to other things. I didn't think about the noise again until this summer, 2006. Every day I go on a hike up the Devil's Backbone Trail with the same dog from the previous account. I had a lot of time to think during those hikes, and as I said before, the strange noise came to mind. I tried to come up with an animal that would fit the description and ended up with nothing. To my knowledge, there were no cryptids in northeast Colorado. The closest cryptids were the Colorado River lizards, but they are in southern Colorado. I continued my hike and let my mind wander to other things. Then something in the dirt caught my eye. I stopped and bent down to examine it. It appeared to be a footprint of some kind. Most of the dirt around the print was too hard, packed to make much of a footprint with only a thin layer of loose dust. But occasionally, as was the case, there would be a small patch of dirt loose and thick enough to make a decent print. The print was about 3.5 inches wide and 3.5 inches long with three thick bird-like toes. From what I've seen of the trail wildlife, there isn't anything big enough to make a decent track, much less one as strange and bizarre as this. Of course, it got me really excited, and I searched for more footprints like it. There was evidence of other footprints leading up to the original, but they were on the packed stuff, and therefore were not very legible. As I said, I got really excited and promptly began beating myself up for not having a camera with me. Fortunately, the backbone was shielding most of the wind, the print was off on the side of the trail, and there was enough gravel to keep it shaped long enough for me to go back home. We live very close to the trailhead. Get a camera and snap a few photos. See picture. On my way back, I also managed to find some other tracks like it and more footprint-friendly soil and snapped some shots of it, too. This one actually had some fairly legible prints around it in a running pattern, but they were too far apart for me to snap in one shot. I'm tempted to say that the mysterious footprints are connected somehow to the mysterious animal from the previous account. This occurred on September 3, 2019, between 6, 6.30 p.m. I was sitting on a park bench in North Issaquah Highlands in Lead Park. It sits directly on the north side of a Marshall's department store. I'm sitting on one of the two benches facing south. 
My view is looking dead at the wall of the department store to the front, and there is a small little forest of trees behind me. I'm on the foremost eastern bench because I can see the southern sky above the building. I'm gazing up at the sky, and I barely see way off in the distance a couple parachutes. From where I was to where they are was about two, three miles away, but still on my sight. In fact, if I were to walk fifty feet to the left, I could see all the parachutes flying from my vantage point. The actual parachutes appeared like little black dots with a colored parachute on top of them from where I stood. As I looked at the parachutes, I noticed above them was a darker and bigger black dot. It was above them a couple thousand feet or so. It had wings. It was flying in a giant circular motion like an eagle, but it was flying upwards. This was no eagle, I thought. It was flying in a vortex going upward. <sighs> I couldn't believe it. It would flap its wings, looking like it was climbing in a struggle. Like a giant sloppy bat, this was very scary to see. It was directly over the parachuters. I'm watching it ascend even to greater heights. The wingspan was at least twice as large as that of the parachuters. I couldn't believe my eyes. I watched it disappear into a black flat bottom cloud. I could still see the parachutes, but this creature went into this cloud that was coming approximately in my direction. I followed this cloud for about thirty minutes, just trying to see if it would pop out somewhere. It was up there somewhere. This creature was gigantic in size. It literally looked like a dragon. All I could do was call the parachute company the next morning. I told the owner everything I had seen. He was very polite. The location where they parachute is called Poo Poo Point and Tiger Mountain Hang Gliding. My sighting happened directly over the hot spot gliding area, which is full of hang gliders. A Sunday night, I was driving back down to my home in California. I had been visiting my hometown of Eugene, Oregon. Dark, rainy night, had just passed the town of Rice Hill. Very few cars on the road. I was driving up a hill with my high beams on, and I couldn't believe my eyes. Someone sitting in the rocks or on the embankment on the side of the freeway in the dark. At night, and in the rain, initially I thought it was a person. It wasn't. It was sitting facing northward as I drove up the hill, took my foot off the gas, let the car cruise and decelerate as I continued up the hill. The thing looked at me and was seemingly aware that I was looking at it. A very frightening moment. This moment frightens me further when I realize how truly close I was to this thing. Less than twenty yards we very definitely made eye contact. The thing was sitting in an almost fetal position with its knees up by its chin, and these long arms by its side. And then as I passed it the thing stood up and began to walk away. North along I-5, and there was no mistaking this was not a person stranded along the freeway. The thing was tall, very tall, seven feet more. It was very disturbing, to say the least. I've never told my family for fear of ridicule. A sighting along I-5 would be an invite for scorn. Yet, this truly happened. I don't remember the year this happened, but the guy that was with me remembers this like I do. My brother is a brother-in-law. His friend and I were out hunting. 
My brother and brother-in-law shot a deer at the beginning of a clear cut. The next morning, my brother-in-law's friend and I went back to the clear cut that they got the deer in. We followed the road to just about the end of it, maybe 200, 300 yards. He stopped to the truck so we could walk around and look for morning fresh sign. On the right of the road was the clear cut to the left was a stand of timber. Before the timber, right next to the road, was a muddy area, maybe four or five feet wide, that followed the path of the road. He walked over to that area to look for tracks. The tracks he found were not what we were looking for. They were much bigger than man tracks, but looked the same. They were not bear, at least no bear I have seen. I know there is bear in the area I have seen them there. The space between the tracks and the size is what struck me. I would have to say six, seven feet from print to print. When we seen the tracks, the hair on the back of my neck stood up, and he said he were ready to get out of there. Seeing as we both had guns, I talked him to, to staying a little longer and look around. We followed the tracks a short ways, and they just stopped. We couldn't find him, or, in truth be told, we didn't look very hard because the hair on our necks didn't lay back down until we were a ways out of that area. We never did go back to that area again. I did not see the guy that was with me for many years, but when I did, I uh, asked him if he remembered that morning, and he said he sure did. We both had told a few people about it over the years, and not many people believe we saw what we saw. Before that morning, I never believed that Bigfoot was real. I do now. In my physics, Gene had last year, we were split up in groups and working on a lab. A guide at another table let out a yell while extending his arms and fell headfirst off his chair. The very second in between his yell and hitting the floor, a beeping started going off in the room, followed by the words, an emergency is happening in your building. Please evacuate at the nearest exit. And accompanied by flashing lights, the guy is having a seizure on the floor, so all we're focusing on is getting him help. A campus police officer comes in and tells us the rest of the science buildings have already evacuated for the fire alarm. Most of us leave to give some space to the people helping the guy. While outside, we're talking amongst ourselves, absolutely baffled by the coinciding events we just witnessed. Did the flashing of the alarm trigger epilepsy? No, because he was already on the floor by the time the lights kicked in. Was there some kind of sensor on him that alerted when his body was experiencing an emergency? No, because it was his first seizure. Just reading it might sound lame, but witnessing it and working out what was happening in real time was just eerie. Bow hunting on my friend's property in Northern California for deer a few years ago. It's only five acres, but for some reason monster blacktail like to come through that area. Set up where I see them coming through on trail camera at 4 a.m. and begin waiting. Still dark, and I look over my shoulder behind me and see a bush I don't remember being there. About 15 yards from me, I continue to stare at this bush for about 20 minutes. During this 20-minute period, the bush kept shape-shifting, changing into the shape of a human a bear, a rabbit, and all other various weird shapes. 
I look forward and look back, and it's now moved, and I start to realize it's not a bush, and something keeps creeping towards me. It's obviously aware of me, and is probably within ten yards of me. I'm thinking it's a lion, and this is getting real bad. It's still shape-shifting and just floating along. Disappears behind a small hill ten yards to my left. Arrow knocked him ready for whatever this thing is to pounce on me. Arrow knocked to blast my headlamp and watch a do-book it away from me. Crazy what the imagination can come up with when your eyes can't fully adjust or comprehend what you're looking at.